This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful hour of Shabbos to all of you, and what a Shabbos it is, a triple, a three-day bonanza of holiness, of sanctity, of all sorts of wonderful celebration and commemoration. It's Shabbos, the two days of Shavuot, and not only that, Shabbos leads directly into the festival of Shavuot, and obviously when that happens, we prepare first of all, beforehand, but we prepare from holiness into holiness, and that is a special journey, a special movement, when we go from Shabbos and Tiantav. But it's also a special Shabbos for a number of reasons. We begin reading the book of Bamidbar, Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, the fourth of the holy books of the Torah, and it's a very special parsha, special in the sense, first of all, because the English translation, or perhaps I should say the Greek translation, and the sages refer to it as well, is the book of Numbers, and we have to understand the relationship of Numbers and Bamidbar. Bamidbar, translated, simply means in the desert. This is where God counted the Jewish people, and we have to appreciate the relationship of Numbers and the desert. And this Parsha is always read before the festival of Shavuot, and this is why this Parsha is a preparation and introduction to the receiving of the Torah, Matan Torah. We celebrate an enormous festival on Shavuot, the purpose of creation, the purpose of the Jewish people, God giving us the Torah, God giving us, well, the Ten Commandments, the entire Torah, the experience of revelation at Sinai, something which was beyond extraordinary. And we have to understand what is the relationship between that and the Parsha that we read this year, a day before the Parsha of Bamidbor, and the entire book of Bamidbor. Bamidbor speaks about the Jewish experience in the wilderness, in the desert, and the Jewish people had wandered there ultimately for 40 years. Unfortunately, they were supposed to go directly to the Holy Land, but because of a number of mistakes, primarily the one with the spies that went into Israel and came back with a bad report the Jewish people were punished because instead of experiencing and expressing a tremendous sense of confidence and faith in God that he would take them to the promised land in a glorious and powerful way, they were frightened by the bad report of the miraglim, of the spies, of the agents, of the scouts that went to see the land. And this is why they were punished. They had to stay behind for 40 years. And it wasn't the easiest of times. It was a difficult experience. The Jewish people living in the wilderness, on the one hand, a place of isolation. On the other hand, perhaps a place of, well, great isolation. The Jewish people were fed from heaven with manna. The Jewish people were protected by the clouds. They were given water. They were given food from heaven. They lived the spiritually perfect life. question is, how come they made a number of major mistakes? But that's for a different occasion. The fact remains, it's a combination of difficulty and ecstasy, the difficulty of living in the wilderness, a barren and empty place, and at the same time, blissful isolation in the sense that they were able to devote their entire time to spiritual matters, the study of Torah. And this strange combination of the experience is the book of Bamidbar, and it is encapsulated in the word Bamidbor, the name of this week's Parsha, and this again, as mentioned before, forms the introduction and preparation, the final preparation for receiving the Torah, the experience of revelation at Sinai. It's also a special Shabbos because tonight we count the last one, the last of the 49 steps that we have gone through from 
Pesach until the festival of Shavuot, 49 stages of development each day. We examined a different dimension of our emotional makeup, of our spiritual makeup, and we tried to uplift it, to enhance it, to make it perfect in a sense. And for 49 days, we walked with the constant understanding that we are preparing for something which is beyond any type of natural or normal description. We had the miracles, the excitement of Pesach, the excitement of liberation, Exodus. We had the excitement of watching the most powerful nation, Egypt, tyrannical and behave terribly to the Jewish people. Nonetheless, Ten plagues that crushed them and destroyed them. We experienced the actual moment of liberation, marching out with great pride from that land. We experienced the incredible splitting of the sea and the Jewish people crossing in safety and the Egyptian army trying to destroy them being drowned as we experienced on the last days of Pesach. Pesach is the time that we see the grace of God, the kindness of God, the miracles of God taking us, a nation that for hundreds of years were enslaved by the Egyptians of that time, and then we march out as a free and proud people. But before we can receive the Torah, we are told we had to develop over 49 days, each day perfecting another dimension of our complex and complicated spiritual, intellectual, and emotional makeup. We had to address, specify each and every single detail, and each and every single day we work hard at perfecting that particular detail. And once we've gone through those 49 days, we enter the dimension of the 50th, the festival of Shavuot, receiving the Torah. But it's a combination, the preparation for this unbelievable event that we'll talk about soon is, in fact, complicated combination between the incredible miracles that God showed us and the effort that the Jewish people put into these 49 days and stages of development. And we too, we experience the festival of Pesach. We experience because to us it is alive, it is present. While it is an event that took place chronologically in the past, nonetheless, those spiritual energies exist today. And we are obligated to take those experiences which are as real today as then and make them our own. As our sages tell us, each and every single day we are obligated to experience and to feel as if we went out of Egypt today. And then we go through the 49 days of counting. And while, of course, the counting seems to be simple after Marav in the evening, we make the blessing and we count the day. Nonetheless, when we go through the prayer of what in fact is taking place, we see that powerful energies are actually manipulated in a positive way to enhance each and every single detail, to uplift each and every single detail, and to make us much finer and better people. The weeks between Pesach and Shavuot are not merely some bridge that we go across in order to come from liberation to revelation. No, it is something which compels each and every one of us to exercise whatever ability we have to reach the perfection that is necessary, that we have cleansed ourselves to such a degree that we have made ourselves vessels to receive the Torah. Because to receive the Torah is not a simple matter. It is something which, in fact, is so great one wonders how is it possible 
possible that we finite, limited creatures can receive the wisdom of God, that glorious gift of the Torah, which is beyond any type of description, really. How can we, in our limited minds and hearts and bodies, how can we receive that infinite, powerful gift from God? And as I said, it's an interesting and powerful, complex combination between the miracles of God and the efforts of the individual, each and every one of us, perfecting each and every single day, each and every single detail. We highlight it, we recognize it, we talk about it, we work at it. And this is something which is the great preparation. But still, we have to come back to the question raised at the beginning, what is Bamidbor all about? What is this book called Numbers in translation and by our sages? And the Torah refers to it as Bamidbar in the desert. What does in the desert have to do with numbers? And what does in the desert have to do with receiving the Torah? More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about Parsha Bamidbar. We're talking how it's a preparation for Shvuot, the festival of receiving the Torah. We're talking about the relationship between numbers and in the wilderness, in the desert, and how it all binds together. But before that, the idea of the Midbar, the idea of the wilderness, brings to mind a picture of a place that is desolate and barren. Nothing grows. It's not a place of productivity and production. It's not a place which reflects life. And yet, interestingly enough, it's precisely there that the Jewish people developed into a proper nation. They came out of Egypt. They came out as a people in a somewhat imperfect state. They were slaves spiritually as well for so many years, which in a sense almost broke their spirit. Yes, they retained a certain amount of identity, and this is why they were rewarded with liberation, with freedom, but nonetheless they weren't in a perfect state. And then they came to the Sea of Reeds and the splitting of the sea, and then they marched. And they marched receiving the Torah, and then they were in the wilderness. They were in a barren place. It's a metaphor. Not only were they there physically, but it speaks to us about how, in fact, a people become a people. One would think that in order to become a people, you have to live in some urban metropolis. You have to be in a place of culture, of greatness, of theater, of stadium. You have to be in a place which simply seethes with excitement and life and growth and business and all sorts of other things that define the modern city of today. Torah tells us a completely different story. They grew up, they developed, they became, they perfected their nationhood in the wilderness. Yes, they came came from Mitzrayim, they came from Egypt. Egypt was precisely what the modern metropolis is today. It was a place of great culture, of theater, of arenas, of business, of all sorts of excitement, academia. The Jewish people lived for the first years in a wilderness, a desert, because, yes, it doesn't take external influence to create the Jewish people. 
The Jewish people have the internal neshama and soul, which is connected to God, and the gift of God to each and every one of us. The Torah, each and every one of us possesses this incredible spiritual energy that he can create an environment even in the most desolate place. You don't have to live in a place of perfection. Yes, it's more comfortable sometimes to live in a place of perfection. But you can create, you together with family and friends, you can create a nation, you can create a community even in a desolate, empty space, the wilderness. And it's precisely there, perhaps, that you have the best opportunity of developing to a keen sense what, in fact, the incredible, infinite strength and power of Torah is all about. You take your Jewishness and you use it correctly. You use it correctly. You study. You implement. You observe the commandments. You do whatever is necessary And what happens is you create an incredibly powerful, strong, and proud, spiritually developed society community. And this is what the Jewish people did in the wilderness. This is what they did in the desert, Bamidbor. It's within the desert that the Jewish people achieve tremendous levels of greatness without the influence, without the challenges, without the interference of the outside world. And this is something that we have to understand. We can create growth in a place of emptiness. We can make the desert bloom. We can take that barren space and turn it into something which is so full of nutrition and excitement. The study, the observance, the development of family, the development of greatness, the development of faith between Jew and God, this is what happened in the wilderness. And this is why sometimes we have to remember that it's so important to protect ourselves and those close to us by keeping them in a space that is protected. Look at the world today. It's open. It's free. It's dangerous. It's frightening. It's overwhelming. It is destructive. And we have to create a space of safety, a space of security, where the influences, the negative and violent unethical influences of the world don't interfere with our development as Jews. And this is why our homes have to be havens of greatness. Our homes have to be havens of security and strength. Our schools have to be places where the minds of children, where the hearts of children are nurtured in the most positive way. Yes, we have to protect those whom we love with an absolute sense of security and provide them with all that is necessary within a confined space. And it's not because we are afraid of the world. We aren't afraid of the world. We are strong. We are proud. We have the ability to meet any challenge in the world. But in the developmental stage of young children growing up, even teenagers and perhaps young adults as well, it is important for them to be in an environment which protects them. And if they are constantly bombarded with all sorts of, well, unethical, materialistic, and negative elements all the time, it will break their spirit. It won't allow them to function properly and correctly as individuals should. And this is why Bamidbor, 
The bulk of the journey of the Jewish people from Egypt to the Promised Land took place in the Midbar, in a desolate place. And why Numbers? Because Numbers indicates the importance of each and every single individual. We've often spoken about this. We're not talking about the quality of each individual. We're not talking about the greatness and merit of each individual. We are talking about the presence, the simple presence of each and every single individual. Every one counts. Every one of us counts. Nothing is lost. Nothing is extra. Nothing is, well, there just because they're there. Each and every one of us can turn the desolate, empty desert into a place of growth. And where was the Torah given? The Torah was given at Mount Sinai in the wilderness of Sinai because Torah knows no boundaries. It is able to influence the most negative place in the most positive way. This is something that we have to understand at all times, that the power of Torah is such that it is able to protect, it's able to overwhelm. And if, in fact, we are destined, as most of us today are, to live in a world as we do, quite an imperfect world, a world that is fraught with danger and difficulty. It is up to us to take the Torah, which has the power of transforming the desolate, empty, barren desert into something of beauty, of growth and development. Yes, we have to meet the challenges of the world around us head on. We have the courage to, yes, protect ourselves, protect those that we love. We have to have the strength of saying, this is right and this is wrong. This is acceptable. This is unacceptable. This is moral. This is immoral. This is ethical. This is unethical. We don't live in a neutral world. We live in a world of influences, powerful negative influences and powerful positive influences. And it is our duty, each and every single one of us, the number, each and every single one of us must draw upon the gift that God gave him, the spiritual gift of his soul, of his neshama, and to use the greatness of Torah, the power of mitzvot, to change the world into a better place and to have the courage to become examples of greatness, to have the courage of becoming examples of those who transform the desolate, barren desert into a place of beauty and growth. And this is why the book of Bamidbar, the Parsha Bamidbar, is always read before the festival of Shavuot to remind us that the Jewish people were formed into a nation in the desert. The Torah was given to us in the desert, and because we are in the desert, we have to transform it. And while the world looks so exciting today with all the technological development, with the toys and the gadgets and the excitement of whatever is available today, and there is so much, and every day there is something new, we have to have the wisdom of saying, those are toys. Those are temporary, superficial, empty things. They will not satisfy, in fact, if used incorrectly, can be harmful to you and to your children. And this is why we need the Torah. As mentioned earlier on, the desert symbolizes not only a place of desolation and emptiness, it also symbolizes the idea of isolation, of being away. We have to learn the art of stepping aside and being away.
We have to learn the art of closing the front doors to our home, and our home becomes a haven of warmth, of security, of holiness, of greatness. We have to create an environment that our loved ones will feel incredibly nurtured in and comfortable in. This is something which becomes our duty to create moments and spaces of isolation, of protection. And this is why the Jewish people developed in the wilderness, because they needed those years of isolation to gather the strength and the power, the energy to meet the world when they finally come into the promised land. And this is something that each and every one of us is capable of doing. Each and every one of us has the power. Each and every one of us is able to take the midbar and to create it a play, to create a place of significant, blissful isolation of comfort where we are nurtured in the most powerful and positive way. And this is something that we have to remember. As we stand in the days before Shavuot, the festival of receiving the Torah, we have to remember what took place when we received the Torah. Revelation, the most incredible moment since creation, and in many ways greater than creation. Creation created that which existed up to that point, a beautiful world, but a world that was separated from the spiritual dimension, really. They were two separate entities. They were two separate universes. It was only at Matan Torah, it was only at Revelation that the lower worlds and the higher worlds came together where the spiritual was able to enter into the physical and to transform the physical. The material and the physical were able to elevate themselves to such a degree that they touched the very essence of the spiritual as well. This miraculous intermingling of the higher and the lower, the spiritual and the material, was something which took place at Sinai. This is what happened in the wilderness. What happened in the wilderness is God changed the very nature of creation that he brought into being. When he created the world, there were the heavens and the earth, and the twain should never meet until the moment of revelation, until the moment of Matantar. It was not only the wisdom of God. It was not only the incredible commandments, the mitzvot that he gave us to enhance every single moment and action of life. It was bringing creation creation to its ultimate fulfillment, this incredible harmony of the spiritual and the physical. And this is what takes place on Shavuot, and this is what takes place in the barren wilderness. And this is something that each and every one of us is capable of accomplishing. We are able to touch the highest, we are able to take the lowest, to raise it, to elevate it, we are able to transform the empty, barren spaces into places of comfort and security. We are able to bring about perfection in God's world. And this is why we read this Parsha before Shavuot, because what we are celebrating is the transformation of the desolate places of the desert into a place of beauty, into a place of growth. We make the desert bloom. We are celebrating the sanctity of each and every single individual who is able to take the heavens and the earth, to merge them together into a perfection of harmony harmony and bliss, perfection of God's world. And each and every one of us has the capacity of doing just that. And because we have the capacity, because we have the power, we are obligated, we are duty-bound to do just that. More of that soon. 
This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipsker from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the incredible energy that was created at the time of Revelation, how the world changed, creation changed, how God brought together the highest and the lowest. God brought together the spiritual, the material, the higher levels and the lower levels, merging them into something which was extraordinary in the sense that the highest descended to the lowest, the lowest raised to the highest, and this created a harmony of perfection. But before we continue, we're talking about the idea of Shavuot, and why, in fact, the parasha of Babidbor is always read on the Shabbos right before Shavuot. And this year, it's the day before Shavuot. And if we take a sneak peek at the Haftarah that we will read tomorrow in Shul, after we read the Torah, it ends with the most incredible words, which gives us insight, understanding, what, in fact, is taking place during the special festival of Shavuot. The prophet Hosea tells us as follows, God says to the Jewish people, I will betroth you to me forever. And he continues and says, I will betroth you to me with righteousness and justice and with loving kindness and mercy. And he ends by saying, I will betroth you to me with faith, because you had faith in me, and you will know God in the fullest sense. And this is something which is quite powerful, because as our sages explain, as the prophet implies quite strongly, what is taking place at Matan Torah, what is taking place at Revelation at Sinai, is not merely God bringing us the Torah, God revealing his presence upon earth, God merging heaven and earth, God bringing together the highest and the lowest, God bringing together the spiritual and the physical. What in fact takes place is a marriage between God and the Jewish people, a marriage with all the intensity of marriage, the passion, the excitement, the intimacy, the love, the closeness, the coming together as one. Can you imagine for a moment coming together as one with God Almighty himself, God beyond infinite, God creator of heaven and earth, God who took us out of Egypt, God who gave us the Torah, God is giving us the opportunity of becoming one with him, and he so magnificently declares in the words of the prophet Hosea, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me with justice and with righteousness, with love and kindness and with mercy. And I will betroth you to me with the faith that you've shown me. And then you will know me. You will become one with me. You will understand me. This is what took place at Sinai, becoming one with God. Everything merged into perfection. The invisible became visible. That which was hidden became known. That which was never understood was now understood stood, the world changed. We stood at Sinai. God gave us the Torah and the world, the entire creation, dramatically and powerfully changed. And we are the recipients. We are those to whom God says, I will betroth you to me. You will become one with me. You will know me fully. You will understand me fully. You will have the capacity of uniting with me in the most blissful, powerful, incredible way. 
And this is something that we have to understand. It's not merely a holiday. Yes, we celebrate. We eat cheesecake and dairy delicious foods and we do all sorts of things. But it's a time that we have to understand the intensity and seriousness of the moment as well. And this is why it's so important for each and every one of us, young and old, men and women, children, yes, even infants, infants, carried in the hand and the arms of a mother should all be in shul on Sunday morning to hear the reading of the Ten Commandments. Get in touch with your shul. Find out what's closest to you, at what time they will be reading the Ten Commandments, because all of us, because this is what took place at Revelation. There was this incredible unity of the people and the unity between the people and God, and this is why it's important for each and every one of us to be present at shul to hear the reading of the Ten Commandments on Sunday. Yes, much more important than eating cheesecake, much more important than eating blintzes, much more important than eating all the delights, ice cream, etc., etc., to be in shul, to hear the Ten Commandments. There will be time, in fact, so many shuls make ice cream party for the kiddies and be prepare an incredible bracha for the adults, but it's important to be in shul. To hear the Ten Commandments, tell your children, tell your grandchildren, tell your great-grandchildren, tell your friends. Just announce it wherever you are. This is the day that we unite with God. This is the day that we become one with Creator of heaven and earth. This is the day that we are given the gift of Torah so that we shall know Him in the most perfect and intimate way. This is the day that we have become the giants that we are, that we have become this proud and powerful and miraculous nation known as the Jewish people. And this is why we have to show our faith. We have to show our dedication and devotion by being present in shul and listening to the Ten Commandments. It is vital. It is necessary. Reach out to everyone that you know. Drag them to shul if necessary, because this is something which is special. And this is why when you are in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to Bamidbar. Listen carefully to the idea of numbers. Listen carefully to the idea of the wilderness, this barren place that can be a space of blissful perfect isolation. Listen carefully to the Parsha. Listen carefully to the Haftarah. Listen carefully how Hosea the prophet tells us in the name of God, I will betroth you to me. Can you imagine more powerful words being uttered? Listen carefully to all these words. Tonight when you're in shul, count the Omer. If you're not in shul, count the last day of the Omer with a sense of purpose, with a sense of joy, with a sense of great fulfillment, with a sense, in a sense of, well, satisfaction that you have marched those 49 days, those 49 steps, you have bridged the gap between liberation and revelation. You are now ready to stand on Sunday morning to receive the Torah. And this is why the night before on Saturday night, we're up all night as a preparation to Kunlel to perfect and to correct the mistakes that were made by the Jewish people sleeping in. It is an intense and beautiful three days. Use it and use it correctly. It doesn't come that often. It comes this year, perhaps next year as well. But 
listen to the moment, listen to the moment and capture the moment, take the moment, take the incredible gift and energy that you're being offered, take it and make it yours, become one with yourself, become one with your family, one with your community, one with your people, one with your God. Become that vehicle of perfection. Understand the purpose of the wilderness that we are able to transform it. Don't be frightened of this great and powerful gadget-filled world. Stand strong as a proud people receiving the Torah, the eternal gift from God to us. Have a great Shabbos. Have a great Yontif. Make it everything that it is.